Welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. One, Dapuma. Not going to lie, on the intro, you kind of freaked me out because I didn't realize, like, we were doing the silent countdown leading up to the lead-up, and, like, you kept looking up at the ceiling. I was like, does he have another moment of finding God? Like, is this what's going on? Brandon, we've done episode 47 now. Yeah. I mean, you should be in the group, bro. I mean, I'm not used to you just reading, like, either the, the ceiling was going to come down on my head or, like, you found God because it was, like, it was freaking me out. Nah, just, like, looking up there and looking at me, like, dead eye. And then you look it up at the ceiling. It's like, okay, is there like a, a friggin' tarantula behind me? Nah, bro. Is the ceiling coming down? Nah, I just, I was getting the moment. You know what I'm saying? I was yep. getting my voice going. I was getting my Michael Buffer going. You know? oh, there I like to come in with the booming. Welcome, welcome all. This is the PFR. <laughs> well, we're back with the episode 47 coming at you live from the Pro Football Radio Amphitheater in Shelton, Connecticut. Yep. Population two. Yes. <laughs> two, two jackasses with a mini fridge. Oh, my God. We know we never use a mini fridge. We have it. It's just sitting there. It's doing clean. Nothing. It's clean. So if you guys want to know, inside the PFR podcast uh, amphitheater, we have um, a half-assed gym where we have <laughs> a treadmill. Go. We have a mini fridge for the protein shakes for the Puma. Yep. We have a inclined bench with no dumbbells. No, no, it's right in front of the treadmill over here. Oh, okay, okay. And you also get kettlebells. So it's like, it's a recording studio slash, uh, you know, bro haven, little little man cave. He's got um, a, a mattress and a bed over there for uh, some old, reason? Uh, old bedroom set from when I moved yeah. into the house. And then he's also got the uh, back room casting couch as no, well. No, no, it's not a leather couch. <laughs> So I love the couch. It's a futon uh, that we purchased against my will. And yeah. it, uh, it was also fun getting up the stairs. Uh, there's a couple of holes in the side uh, because it didn't fit going up there. My dad and I had enough. And we said, fuck oh. it. It's going up the stairs. Well, well besides that, there's nothing else inside the profile already on for Well, you know, we're just getting started. So. Yeah. What's the plans for this space? Uh, we, should throw up a, we should throw up a big TV here. Yeah, well, see, action, like, you we know? got the low ceiling, though, so that's, true, yeah. that's that's the only issue. Well, can't you put it at an angle and have it kind of just, like, dangling there? I don't know how much, I mean, we got we, we to gotta fix the fix the ceiling a little bit, yeah. but uh, that'll be fine. Yeah, we'll throw a big-ass PFR flag up here somewhere, you know? Yeah. Oh, look at that. You got a little uh, cubby action, right? Yep, yep, World Series champs. You got a lot of trash on the floor there? Yeah, that's the podcast notes. The podcast notes. I feel like they've always been there. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, there was a you know, paper towel because there was spillage on the table one time. And ever since then, it's, you know, I end it after every episode, end it like uh, Tony Reality, uh, Tony Reality and um, around the horn and tosses the paper a little bit at the screen. Yeah. You channel that, channel a little Keith Olbermann when he was on well, MSNBC. How about from here on out, you you trash up your notes and then you yell Kobe and you drop of it. Of course. In memory. Of course. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Kobe forever. Yes, sir. Mama for life. Yep. All right, let's get this podcast going. I think we bullshitted enough. I think so. All right, so we are back for our last po- the last podcast of the NFL season. Um, what we're going to do today is we're going to recap the uh, the Super Bowl. Um, as most of you know, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the 49ers 31 to 20. Um, what were your initial thoughts on the Super Bowl, good sir? I mean, it was a good call on the under. 
Mm-hmm. That that game went under. It wasn't even close. Uh, hopefully, some of you guys took my advice and tried to bet it live and got it when the under was 49 in the first quarter. Uh, you might have had a good day. But no, initial reaction. Hold on, hold on. Before we get into all this, I, I forgot. I totally forgot. I fucked it up. I'm sorry. Right. right. Let's start with the commercials. Which one just stood out to you the best? The Super None. Bowl commercials. None, right? No, I mean, it's kind of down here in the Super Bowl the commercials. The only one right? commercial wise that I liked was like the Mr. Peanut one. Oh, Baby Nut? Baby Nut. Hashtag Baby Nut. Baby Nut. The one that like. What if I, they went with hashtag Nut Baby? <laughs> somebody at Planner should have gotten a raise. Right? But um, no, that one was all right. Like, that one was good. Like, the one with Rob Riggle was okay at the end. The one I didn't like was the, the Google one. Like, that yeah. one was depressing. It's too much. It's you too know? Much. And somebody put this on Twitter, um, and they say these advertising firms will go with either over-the-top celebrities, like that Hyundai commercial with Boston accent, which is kind of funny. I like yeah. that. They'll just spend a bunch of money on funny slash, like, over-the-top um, actor commercials. Or super sentimental there's like right. no in between man right. come on yeah i mean beyond that like nothing stood out like yeah. nothing stood out that i mean the entertainment wise like you know since we're already in the entertainment side of things i the the super bowl halftime oh. uh oh. not gonna lie felt like i needed a cigarette after watching oh. that <laughs> oh. but here, here's the thing and it was funny watching it on twitter because you know, there's a couple of, let's just be honest, okay boomer kind of people out there that were like, oh my God, this is ruining the, sancti- the, the sanctimony of a family and all this stuff and children. Listen, Adam Levine, you sent me this meme. Yeah, I and did. It's, it's the truth. Yeah, is I did. Adam Levine, topless. Topless yep. for the whole halftime show and nobody gave two shits. A bunch of bunch of ladies I know uh, that I'm friends with on Facebook and in the office and, you know, a bunch of people on Twitter at the time. Like, they were in love with the fact that Adam Levine goes topless. All of a sudden, we have a couple of Latina women up there with, you know, some of the, some of the outfits for a, a fucking Latina show with a bunch of different hits and stuff. And they're doing things like, hey, let me shake my ass. This is, I'm Shaquille. I am known for the fact that my hips don't lie, and I'm J-Lo, who had the original, you know, ass before Beyonce was Beyonce. What? So let's be honest. What here. I hate the most is the hypocrisy of this bullshit. First of all, those two fucking chicks killed it. It was a great show. Dude, it was probably I think, the best. Looking back, looking back, it was one of the best halftime shows out there, if bro. If I had to rank it, it was uh, Shakira, J-Lo. Yep, of course. Prince, and then when I was a kid, I, at the, it was Aerosmith, I think... Justin Timberlake and like Britney Spears, like that was a great halftime show too. Dude, this was so was great. It. This was so great. Like I was hoping for a wardrobe man function, truthfully. The but. whole country was. <laughs> no, I, I think both of them killed it. I totally forgot just how hot Shakira was. Do you got my head? You're in Miami. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan. But where the hell is Mr. 305? Oh, fuck him. He's going to be there, bro. Yeah, but you got, bad, you got Bad Bunny. The only reason why I know who Bad Bunny is is because of the the epic Genesis halftime show oh from God. ESPN Monday Night Football last year. No, you're in Miami. You need Mr. 305. Yeah. Well, listen, I think people, and I think a lot of that hate for Shakira and JLo's halftime show came... A um, couple of things because of just these middle of the fucking country redneck women that just hate on hate on hate. And the fact that these women are forty-seven, they right? Look like they're the best. Exactly shape right. It makes them feel insecure, right? It makes them feel some way about themselves that they don't like, and they take it out in a, an unhealthy way against these women, right? Yep. I had a great time with it, right? The other thing that I hate what people do is, and I and I hate this. They use people use this excuse all the fucking time. Well, what do I tell my kids? 
They see it all the time on YouTube. Fuck your shitty kids, all right? You fuck know, them. Well, hang on. The same people are like, what do I tell my kids? The kids upstairs playing Fortnite celebrating a kill at like Twisted yeah. Towers. Like, don't, well, don't people, even. People always I hate say people. this as well. People always use that excuse um, because when they want to explain how, uh, you know, two men or two women can make out in public. What do I tell my kids? I don't give a fuck what you tell your shitty kids. These two people can't express love for each other because you can't talk to your fucking shitty kids? Dude, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, you piece of shit. All right? Now, Sorry, I'm a little worked up to it. All right? Now, the only I hate thing, that shit. Yeah, I hate that hypocrisy, man. Yeah, Bob and Silva, we're flying off the, <laughs> the rails with the swears today. So uh, it, it is what it is. The other thing, it's, it's funny because, you know, Tara and I, we were talking leading up to the Super Bowl about the halftime show. And... We were talking about, um, what's her name? Janet Jackson. Yeah. And how, like, everybody everybody lost their mind for, like, a one-second clip of, like, her nipple popping out. And it wasn't even that because it really had, like, a half-assed yeah, like, pasty. something on Right? It, yeah. Like, you saw everything else but that. Yeah. And... I thought, that, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like, that might have been relatively tame to, like, yeah. some of the angle shots that they were doing yeah. with the Shakira and J-Lo performance. Yeah. But, you know, where's I that same energy? Man. The FCC going to come crashing down? We Are we going to blackball Shakira and J-Lo because there were a couple of hip gyrations well, and did you see, ass clapping? Did you see that Shakira uh, shot to the number one... Um, I bet she iTunes? did, yeah, and yeah. I bet the Google search what <laughs> yeah. shot up real quick too after yeah. the game. A couple other things shot up. A couple up. other things, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I think we talked about this during the game, but the NFL, man, how powerful are they? Because I read somewhere along the lines that in the contract for any halftime performers, any revenue you receive after the Super Bowl, half of it is shared with the NFL for six months after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they expect a spike in your in your revenue after the halftime show because you have all eyes in America on you. Of course. And they want to cut that as well. And these stars will take it because, I mean, look at Shakira. She was dormant for fucking 20 years. And all of a sudden, all sudden we're like, oh, my God, let's listen to some Shakira. You know what yep. I'm saying? Shakira, Shakira, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> well, people in the office were fucking singing it today. Where's so. Mike Lafette? <laughs> exactly. Right. But, no, it, it makes sense. And, I mean, gay, that, that was a great show. That was a great. Yeah, that was yeah. one of the best. Did you see what the uh, the market share was for the Kansas City area for the Super Bowl? <laughs> Probably like a ten. Like, if- well, so the market share means like out of all the TVs on um, during that time, how many percentage out of a hundred? Oh. Probably 100. I think everybody in Kansas City proper was watching that game. It was 97%. Yeah, not surprised. And that's outrageous. Yep. Like, probably that the, is insane. The other three percentage of people were probably, like, in the nursing home, and they got the, you know, they got the sleeping pill. Yeah. yeah. You're, going to, you're going to bed tonight, Grand, uh, watching the game, going, going, watching it early. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, th- I thought it was great. It, like, back to the Super Bowl, just as a whole, even leading up to the, the week, you know, you watch a couple of the talking heads and you listen to sports radio and you listen to you know, Jim Rome and whatever. Everybody was lauding the environment of of South Beach. Yeah. Like a lot of players and, and personalities were coming out saying the Super Bowl should be here every year. Yeah. It was a, it was well, a beautiful down there. Man. It was a great week and, and great yeah. weather. They lucked out. There was yeah. no it's an open air stadium. There was no weather that was affecting the game. Yeah. And I thought it was a great game. The the under hit, like I was saying, and it was super fast paced. I mean, it was three and a half hours. It was yeah. one of the shortest Super Bowls in recent history behind the Seahawks Patriots one. Yeah. And it didn't feel choppy until the NFL was like, holy crap, we actually have to put some of these commercials on, yeah. play, 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 commercial, yeah. and all that other stuff. But yeah. I thought it was a great pace game, a great game all over. So last week I was in South Florida for mm-hmm. work. 
and I wasn't even in the Miami area. I was up by West Palm Beach, mm -hmm. which is a 30-minute drive north of uh, Miami. But even I could feel the energy up there. People were yeah. talking about Super Bowl, excited. Everywhere you turned, you saw Jimmy Garoppolo or Pat Mahomes. You saw Super Bowl logos everywhere. Um, and even when I drove across the state to Naples, I mean, you still felt it. Even though it was two and a half hours away, it was not as profound as it was in West Palm Beach. But you still felt the energy of the Super Bowl in South Florida. So good for those guys. I mean, it turned out to be great. Everybody seemed to love it. Weather was great. So yep. hopefully they'll have it down there more often. Next year's down in Tampa. Yep. Yep. You know? Um, so with that, let's move into the Super Bowl uh, recap. Um, at the end of the day, we mentioned um, the 49ers won 31-20. Uh, I picked the 49ers to win. You picked the uh, 40, uh, I'm I picked the Chiefs. You picked the 49ers. And at one point, we both thought that the other one was going to happen, right? Yep. <laughs> that game was up and down. Yeah. Um, so I'll turn it over to you, get your thoughts out, and then we'll go from I there. I mean, my thoughts, uh, it was Mahomes' worst game of his you know, career. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, they still pulled off the win. I mean... Up until eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, Jimmy Garoppolo was outplaying him for most of the game. I mean, you can say people can say what they want about you know the Jameis Winston esque throw from Jimmy Garoppolo in the first quarter, but like that wasn't the moment that sank the 49ers' yeah. chance to win the game. Uh, after that, they kind of had a more balanced attack, and at times Mahomes looked like the moment was just too. You, yeah. you were saying this like yeah. it was just too big for him. He, yeah. he was he was you know he had happy feet at times. He was he was you know pressing and he wasn't accurate with ball placement. Like on the Tyreek Hill interception, he threw behind Tyreek. If he hits Tyreek in stride, he's probably taking it to the house. Um, but just it, it was kind of interesting that on a bad day. Mahomes still pulled it off. Yeah. And that's what the Chiefs are. The Chiefs, and this is something that um, I haven't seen the NFL since the 07 Patriots. It doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter what time of possession is. It doesn't matter what your game plan is. They will force something on you to get you tight, to get those butt cheeks clamped up, to make you not think properly. Because let's face it, the, the 49ers should have won that game. They should have. They should have. They played a far more superior game than uh, the Chiefs did. But the, the Chiefs and just how quickly they can score and the big play offense makes you panic, makes you freak out, right? They were up, not to cut you off, but no, no, they, no they went... You know, they had that huge stop. They, being the 49ers, had that huge three and out. And I know we're going to get to this about the clock management. Yep. They had that huge three and out. The Chiefs punt. They don't call the timeout. They let the, the clock go down. But, like, you know, you had all the momentum on your side. Like, you had the wind in your sails. It's like, okay, like, we're, we're tied 10-10. You know, it was that Rocky Four moment where Ivan Drago yep. gets cut and his cut man's like, you see, you see, he's, he's not a machine. He's a man. Yep. And you could have used that momentum to orchestrate a drive. You have three timeouts, at least get in the field goal range. Yep. And after the game, Kyle Shanahan gave like this half-ass answer of, well, we didn't want to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. All right, if you have no faith in Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, fine. We saw that in the Minnesota Vikings game. He threw one pick. You ran the ball the rest of the game. But the fact that your defense just stood, made a huge stop, they've been great all night, and you like you kind of slapped them in the face being like, yep, you made a great stop. All the momentum's on our side, but nope. I'm happy and content to go and, in the halftime 10-10. We'll, we'll get into that later on where, uh, you know, I think it's fairly obvious of who Jimmy Garoppolo is in the NFL now. 
I think with how Kyle Shanahan didn't go for it with two minutes left with three timeouts in the Super Bowl, tells you everything you need to know about how he feels about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm not being hypocritical, hypocritical here because I know this year the Patriots were in that situation. I've watched it. I've watched Bill Belichick with two and minutes left. They put people left. back in punk return to try to block it. Exactly, right? <laughs> I've seen Belichick take a, a knee and go in the locker room with two minutes left and three timeouts in the half yep. because you don't believe you, trust in your offense. Yep. Unfortunately for the Patriots, they had a shitty team this year. This is the best team Jimmy Garoppolo is ever going to be on, and he still couldn't pull it off. And we'll get on all into it later. But the big point I want to make here is I think the one underlying factor that people are kind of overlooking today is, sure, the 49ers had a great game. They played good defense for most of the part. Jimmy Garoppolo, for about 60% of the game was about good. About like 40 minutes, yeah, he, 60% was good. he was good. 60% of the good. game was good. Um, and then the rushing attack was good as well. The rushing attack was 22 carries for 141 yards and one touchdown. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Chiefs were also running the ball really well. 29-129 and two touchdowns. And that's the underlying factor that a lot of people are overlooking. And we've been saying this. We've been saying that. I've been banging the table on this for every time we preview the 49ers. The one chink in the armor yeah. is stopping the run. Yep. Like, it... And it showed. Yep. I mean, there was times they ate up Damian Williams, and then there was times he broke off a fucking 10-yard run. Yeah. So, okay, so that's our initial reaction. What I want to do next is I want to get to a couple of questions. The first question being, who do you credit most for the Chiefs' comeback win? Who do I credit? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, outside of Kyle Shanahan, yeah. uh, I, I think it has to be, you have to look at, Jeez, if I can find my fucking notes. Well, why do you do that? Let me give you it's, my I got to go with Damian Williams yep. and Chris Jones. Yep. I mean, if Chris Jones does, like, on that half-ass play call of second and five, you if he doesn't get that hamburger helper mitt up and, and knock the pass down that Jimmy G tried to throw to Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. Sanders gets the first down. That game is probably over at that yep. point. Yep. That's a huge play. And just, you know, for most of the part, uh, most of the game, Patrick Mahomes wasn't doing anything. I mean, he had stats that were almost Jared Goff-esque, even with the rushing touchdown yep. he had. And Damian Williams has taken bad snaps for an option read or, or you know, a, a kind of a, a gimmick play, and he's breaking off huge runs. And uh, in my opinion, I think Damian Williams should have been MVP. But I, those two guys, if those, those two dudes don't step up, I think this is a different outcome. Yeah. So let me give you um... – this is the three main reasons why I believe the Chiefs won this game and why they came back and won. Number one, the running attack. We already talked about that, right? Yep. I think Andy Reid had a hell of a game as well. He went anti-Andy Reid. I think he went full-on aggressive. I don't know if I'm ever making it back here. I don't want to leave anything on the field. I'm going for it. Yep. doesn't matter. He, I mean, he was drawing up plays left and right. He was going he on, fourth, on down, fourth down, fourth like and three one. Times. Right? I mean, my God, the guy had a great coaching game. And then finally, Patrick Mahomes. Let's be very real. For 80% of the game, he was crap. But the last 12 minutes, when it matters the most, the last 12 minutes, Patrick Mahomes was 8 of 13 completions, 114 yards, two touchdowns, and a rating of 129.5. That's some Kobe Bryant last-minute Tom Brady kill instinct shit. I saw a lot out of Patrick Mahomes, and I think I saw a lot of it this whole playoff run, right? Uh, I, I as a Brady lover, don't want to give him the due respect, but he commands it from you. He's at that level now. His greatness is showing where he commands respect for you, and I'm ready to, you know, obviously you gotta, you gotta, you gotta buy in at one point, right? You gotta, you gotta bend to his will. But dude, the killer instinct this kid has, and you, the fact that he's never out of it, the fact that he's never gonna stop swinging, they've been in a ten point hole every game. Unbelievable, man. The guy the guy is just absolutely special. Uh, the other side of this question is, who do you blame most for the 49ers' loss? 
And for me, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. It's Kyle Shanahan. I think, I think, and I think, I think the fact that you're saying that is a little hypocritical well, because Brandon, we were it. sitting, we were sitting next to each other in the Super Bowl, and you were railing on people on Twitter for um, saying it's Eric Reed and uh, Andy Reid and uh, what's the Eric Bieniemy, and you were saying yourself the players on the field have to execute, right? Yeah, I believe Jimmy Garoppolo himself had the plays called for him, had the game in his hand. And at the end, when it mattered most, unlike Patrick Mahomes, who was stellar, in the last 12 minutes, Jimmy Garoppolo was 3 of 11, 36 yards with one interception, and a 2.8 passer rating. They ran the ball 10 times the entire second half. Here's And here's the reason why. This is why I say <laughs> it's well, Shanahan's, me, it's Shanahan's finish, fault. Let me finish my point. I think the whole Shanahan thing, and you can explain it in a second. But even after all that happened, Shanahan still called the play that got Emmanuel Sanders wide open right. for a touchdown. And, I'm not, I'm not and saying... Jimmy Garoppolo missed this dude wide open. Right. And I've always been railing on Jimmy Garoppolo, and people think it's unfair, and I'm sure my Patriot bias is coming here as well. But I just don't believe in the guy. I think he is a good quarterback, not an elite quarterback. And I think what made me mad the most when people said was that Jimmy Garoppolo should be starting quarterback for the Patriots and Tom Brady should walk away. I was pissed off because I knew this guy isn't it. And you saw it the other night. You saw what Patrick Mahomes was. You saw Brady take down Patrick Mahomes last year in Arrowhead. You gotta have a special player take down to take down Patrick Mahomes. And Jimmy Garoppolo's not it. He's just not it. Well, and listen, I'm not saying it's all Kyle Shanahan's fault. Jimmy Garoppolo gets a piece of the pie. You have to hit Emmanuel Sanders. He beats the double team. You hit him in stride. That's why he's I'm bringing it to the house. And it's you know you kick an extra point. It's a tie game, or you're going into overtime. Like. That's you have to make those throws, and if you're gonna throw the ball away uh, instead of taking the sack, then you know don't keep it in the field to play and actually throw it out of bounds, or just take the sack and live for another day. But <coughs> Kyle Shanahan with the questionable play man play clock management, you know we talked about this about the the huge defensive stop on on three and outs uh, going into halftime. Everybody and their brother, me, you. Uh, John Lynch, anybody that's played Madden rookie mode knows to call the timeout and try to get a drive and at least put some points on the board going into halftime. And he just completely turtled up and played to played not to lose but the instead other of half playing of that, to win. But the other half of that is he didn't trust Garoppolo and in the offense. Yeah, but saying? here's the th- you all right. So you go three and out, you punt mm-hmm. the first three and out that the 49ers had that game. Uh, Kansas City, they get the ball. They uh, they had that pass that you know San Francisco successfully challenged and it became third and fifteen. Tyree Kill uh, beats them, brings them down to the red zone. Travis Kelsey gets a touchdown. It's twenty to seventeen. On your next drive, Damian Williams cracks open a five yard run. It's second and five. This is the spot where you need, like, this is a drive that's going to make or break the game. Like, you get a first down, you're now in control of the clock, you can take your time, you can start manufacturing a well-oiled drive and start sprinkling in play action here and there. It's second and five, you throw you throw a, a slant pass that gets knocked down to Emmanuel Sanders, and now you're in third and five, your hands are tied, you have to throw, and it's three and out. And after that... Your defense has been on the field in total this game, 75 plays. Mm-hmm. 75 plays. The, the Kansas City Chiefs have averaged, I think they were second behind total plays in a game behind the Philadelphia Eagles. This defense for the 49ers, I don't think they've been on a field for more than 50-plus plays over the season. These guys were exhausted, and the offense couldn't stay on the field long enough. There are three drives. 
the offense for the 49ers averaged 55 seconds. Like you need that drop, you need that first down. Yeah. And at the, and he turtled up. He played yeah. to not to lose. So I would agree with you if the team came out super flat, if the team got blown off the field, if the team didn't execute properly, if the plays drawn up were horrific. But the fact of the matter is, the 49ers played a better game than the Chiefs did. Can we agree on that? Oh, absolutely. Fact, every single stat that matters, yards per pass, 6.6 for the 49ers, 5.8 for the Chiefs. Yards per rush, 6.4 for the 49ers, 4.4 for the Chiefs. Rushing yards, 144 and then 129. Every stat that really matters, the, the 49ers outplay the Chiefs. At the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo was not Patrick Mahomes, and that's what the game came down to. Simply put, when the play needed to be made, when the when Emerson is wide open... He had like three feet on the, the closest defender. You gotta make that play. Yeah. You were right there. I can totally, I can totally go and blame Kyle Shanahan for the loss against the against the Falcons. I blame that on him because at that point you're up 25 points against a not that not that explosive uh, offense that the Chiefs are this year. You know what I'm saying? The, right. the Patriots were not explosive. But he's the offensive but coordinator. But he's up 10 then. points against a team that 10 points is nothing. He Kyle Shanahan knows he has to score. He has to keep throwing the ball because 10 points is not enough for the Chiefs. You know that. I know that. Yeah, but you have time on your side. This running game was working. Even if you take out the Debo Samuel jet sweeps that got you 20 yards at times, this rushing attack came off a of life support after that big three and out that the defense had going into halftime. Everything came back to life. They finally gave Raheem Mostert the rock, and they kind of let Tevin Coleman with his you know lethal weapon separated shoulder take the back seat. They were cracking open runs like. I'm not saying you have to run the ball the whole time, but you have a lead. You have a cushion. Time's on your side. You need to start bleeding the clock. And if anything, you get, you have Kansas City start burning timeouts. Kansas City Chiefs didn't take a timeout at all in the second half. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and you know what? Like, absolutely. Jimmy Garoppolo is having a piece of the pie, but a big portion of this, you know, blame pie that's going around, it has to go to the head coach. Like, he's not... He needs a drive. He needed that drive to win. At that point, it was 17-20. I don't even think you still hit the iceberg yet. You could still be within your you know realm of run the ball here and then dabble in play action. I understand that they were 12 of 13 or 11 of 12 off the play action, but when you sell out and just start hucking the ball over the field and that defense for the Chiefs started to step up big time in the second half after Tyran Matthews started yelling on the sideline, you need to run it down their throat. Well, They're bit, they've been bad. They're 25th against the rush. Well, part of the reason the 49ers clammed up as well, and I've been saying this from the start of the postseason, you're, you've been fighting me on this. The Chiefs are so great, they make you do things you're not comfortable doing. You know what I'm saying? They force you into a different game plan. Like, just like the Titans, you're like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Ryan Tuff's down for throw 25 times because they're going to run 120 times. It, it doesn't matter with the Chiefs. These guys were down 24 points against the Texans, came back and won 51-31. These guys were down 10 points against the Tennessee Titans, came back and won 35-24. And against the, uh, the 49ers, were down 10 and 31-20 was the final score. So Kyle Shannon's watching on the sideline thinking, there is a quarter and a half left. It's in the middle of the third quarter, and we're up, to up, by, up by 10 points. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. And he starts doing things that he's not comfortable doing, and he's putting in Jimmy Garoppolo in situations that he is not fit to be in. Yeah, but they, the Chiefs weren't even doing anything until eight minutes of the fourth, of fourth quarter. 
they had that huge interception yeah. that they got from. I think he threw two picks in the second, the, the third did. quarter, right? He, he, two. Yeah. he threw one right to Ward and then one bounced off the hill. Like, I don't think anyone really knows what to do when you have a giant lead against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, we saw that with the, the Texans game. Like, yeah. it seems like everybody just short circuits because they don't know what to do when they actually have a it's lead on fear, the team. Right? It's hard to explain it to me. It's that fear. Right. It's that feel but that then you sets put, in. But then you put the Chiefs right where they're at home. A hurry-up offense. Yeah. We all know that they could score 21 points in six minutes. Yeah. But the longest drive that the that the 49ers had, even with it being well-balanced, uh, you know, meticulous drives, was six minutes. Yeah. You had eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. But I'm trying to get this point across to you. That's what greatness does, man. That's what great offense And I'm not doubting is. that's what greatness does. That's what Patrick does, Mahomes but... does. That's what, that's what, when you're up 30 points against the Golden State Warriors, it doesn't fucking matter if there's five minutes left and 30 points up. Because they're going to shoot up three threes, you know what I'm saying? And the next thing you're down by fucking 10. Right, and I'm not doubting the greatness. But at this point, like, you have to start bleeding the clock. You have to start bleeding the damn clock. And you would have thought, fun fact, it, at the Super Bowl is actually on Groundhog's Day, that for a guy that was already on a 28-3 to collapse would realize, and the biggest complaint then was you didn't run the football enough. Listen, I, I get that complaint. Marcus Peters, I get that complaint. Marcus Peters I do. brought this up on first take, and it's the truest thing I'm ever going to quote off of first take. People bury Pete Carroll for throwing the football on the one-yard line. Yeah. If Marshawn Lynch runs the football on the one-yard line and gets stopped, is anybody going to care? Like, at least you're losing doing what got you there. No, people will still complain. Like, if you're going to lose... People still find a way to complain. If you're going to lose, at least lose doing what got you to the goddamn game. But they did. They ran for 141 yards. And then they couldn't... And then they... Finally, and then they forgot how to run the football with eight minutes left, and they're they're getting six yards of carry. Yeah, because you felt the end of the game. You saw the Chiefs were coming. They had to throw the ball at some point. With you the can't, ten you, point somebody, lead. somebody said this on uh, on Get Up as well. The Super Bowl is the one spot you can't hide your quarterback, and the 49ers were trying hard to hide Jimmy Garoppolo, and they blew up in their faces. We all saw it. We all saw how bad he looked in the last twelve minutes. Dean had lights, uncomfortable, throwing balls way over Emmanuel Sanders. They were trying their best, and they did a great job hiding him all year long. But at the end of the day, he showed up to be who he was. Somebody who was not an elite quarterback, somebody that will not take down Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson or anybody else that's elite in the NFL. And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is. Yep. Let's well, call for what it is, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what? Like, yeah, he is inconsistent. He has been all this. He he had a he picked the worst time to fucking lay an egg, like I was saying about Mahomes going into eight minutes of the fourth quarter. But, I mean, he was, like... He had, uh, let's see, I had the stats well, here for well, touchdown. You, know, you said, the, you the, said the, it's the worst time for him to lay an egg, but I feel like he could have had that worst time against the Vikings. He could have had that worst time against the Packers. He could have. But that running attack and that defense and that team hit it so well for him. It, it took that pressure off of him. Right. But the Super Bowl is the one point on the national stage you can't hide your quarterback. Right, and I understand that. And you you know, he's been inconsistent all year. But here's the thing. Like, you're sixth in passing touchdowns, fourth in completion percentage, thirds in yards per attempt throughout the entire season, and your your uh, skill position players, your tight ends, your wide receivers, and when you're throwing the ball, your running backs, they had, they had the second highest yard after catch. So, yeah, 
He's not an elite quarterback, but you have to be able to throw the fucking football at times. And if you throw, if you dabble into play action, if you want to, if you run the football in second and five, get a first down, that opens up more of the playbook where you can dabble in a little bit of more Kyle use check out the back off the play action, or you can set up a tight end screen or all this stuff. If you're going to throw a football on second and five against a pass rush that has been getting home lately, why not just throw a screen and just throw it out to Kyle use check and get the five yards. But for a quick slant for a defense and a linebacking core that has been stepping up since the beginning of the fourth quarter that was bad that was a bad call yeah i think i can i will give kyle shanahan the 100 the blame for the 28 to 3 um loss against the patriots because when you're up 20 28 to 3 in the third quarter in the third quarter you should be able to close that game out but i will not blame kyle shanahan for this absolutely not 10 minutes you've seen what the chiefs done all year long it doesn't matter how much lead you have it does not matter one bit and he decided the best way to win this game is try to have jimmy grappa take you home and unfortunately blow up in his face well gonna be on different sides of the river on this one run the football get a six minute drive defense is exhausted and the defense everybody was trying to bury robert sala in this defense uh even when they were on the field for 75 plays they were still getting home i think their will to actually compete and win the game was lost after that 45 yard bomb to tyree kill but i mean joey bosa we had him nick bosa he was nick bosa yeah nick bosa the bosa boy he had had, great game yeah dead to rights at least four times great game buckner nick bosa had a great game i saw a stat that apparently on 31 percent of the dropbacks nick bosa either hit hurried um, or or sack the quarterback. Yeah. Like, that's insane. 31% yeah. of the time you drop back. I can't remember the last time a defensive end had such a great game in the Super Bowl. I can't remember it. You know what I'm saying? I I remember collective units with Giants uh, against the Patriots. Take uh, uh, Giants defensive line with uh, OCU uh, Manura and Michael Strahan. Right, I was just going to say that. But not fun. just one guy standing out to me. And Nick Bosa just wreaked havoc all night long. Yep. So it sucks because like they they held up they were under the bargain short of Richard Sherman getting and, torched. And that's my biggest point. And we talked about this. The defense played great. The running attack played great. Jimmy Garoppolo is the one who fucking let you go. In the and last they went away minutes. from the running attack. You know Get a six minute drive. You're in the driver's seat still. You have a ten point lead. Well, it's not that easy when the running game is being shut down. Like I mean, come the on. The running they stopped running after ten. You think running you think ten times? You think he's stupid? Like I mean, Kashan's not a dumbass here. He realizes he has to throw the ball at some point against to the tw- beat the Chiefs. Against the 25th ranked rush defense. Yeah, but they're playing much better than that as of late. As of late, they just they just shut down Derrick Henry for 69 yards. They're coming off of a great performance. And then Raheem, they're hitting this stride in the playoffs. And then the Raheem, last six weeks, Raheem Mostert was having his way. And then they were manufacturing runs with yeah. with Debo Samuel. Like yeah. it's right there. Fine, fine. All I get all of that. Fine, whatever. But we cannot get away from the fact that at the end of the game, he was in position. Yeah. A play was called by Kyle Shanahan that got Emmanuel Sanders wide open, and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't put the ball on right. Sanders. And again, I'm not putting all of the blame on Shanahan. At the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo's got to execute, but a giant 75% of the pie is on the head coach, who's also the offensive coordinator. Yeah. I see the other way around. 75, uh, Jimmy, and 25, Kyle right. but it is what it is, I guess. Um, what else do you want to get to, sir? Let's see. Well, Super Bowl's over. Offseason's in full effect. There's only one storyline this offseason, and we all know what that is. I mean, I think and there's still... I'm starting to get tired of it. I'm trying to get, starting to get tired of that Brady-like storyline. I'm tired of turning around the TV every single day and seeing them on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, 
one of the biggest free agents out there, him and Drew Brees, and that's one of my storylines I'm going to be watching going into the offseason is, uh, is Brady Watch and, and what's going to happen with Drew Brees. I mean, there was a report right before kickoff, I think it was Ian Rappaport uh, put it out there, that the Pats are willing to pay up to $30 million a year in order for Tom Brady to come back. Uh, what's, what's your thoughts on that report? What's my thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised. It's yeah. it's Robert Kraft. Here's my thoughts on that report. I think that's the Patriots and Bill Belichick floating report out there, saying something that's not really accurate, but getting this information out there. So when Brady does walk, because Belichick doesn't give what he wants, he can turn around and look at past fans like past fans and say, "Well, I tried. I tried to give him thirty million plus a year, but he still walked." I think there's just some psychological stuff here because it makes no sense, Brandon. You give a guy for the last two years crap money, but now also you want to give him thirty plus million when he's two years older? Right. That doesn't make any sense to me. Think about it logically. You know well, I mean, he got that one contract restructured this year for thirty million, but like, you know, Brady then came out or it was floated through sources close to Brady that he wants acquisitions of assets on the offense before getting paid. And listen, you know, it, give or take a few million. Uh, the Pats have $45 million in cap space. So even if they give him, which I don't think Brady's going to take a pay cut after he structured the contract to get $30 million this year, yeah. to take another to take a pay cut now to get some people around him on offense, like, you're only going to have $20 million to play with. And who are you, like, you going to get? Like, the big free agent wide receivers not named Amari Cooper, are, which we all know Cooper's either going to get tagged or he's going to sign that contract and stay in Dallas. There's no way Dallas and Jerry World are trading first-round draft picks uh, just to have them for a cup of coffee. A.J. Green, yeah. great wide receiver, hasn't been able to play a full season in a long time. His market value, if you look on Track, is about two years, $10 million a pop. Um Devin Funches, like Randall Cobb, Danny Amendola, Brashard Perriman, Robbie Anderson, if he wants to have a revenge game against the Jets. Like, nothing yeah. really is inspiring in the free agency pool yeah. of wide receivers. It's a deep wide receiver class. Yeah, that's, that's my point. I think it's going to be a deep wide receiver draft that they're going to hinge their bets. Uh, they're going to hinge everything on, right? They're going to hinge their, their whole game plan, their whole offense on um, Nikhil Harry developing into year two. Uh, Edelman providing some of that veteran leadership, going through the deep draft and picking up a couple more wide receivers, and then maybe picking up a middle-of-the-pack wide receiver along the way. Right. I don't think you're going to be able to grab some of the big headline names, right? Maybe he's not coming back. Absolutely not. You're not going to be able to get OBJ out of Cleveland. They're keeping him. Like, there's but then none of that big stuff end. is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the yeah, tight ends yeah. that are free agents. That, like that you problem have, That problem from last year is rearing its ugly head again. You have Austin You have Austin Hooper. It, it seems more than likely that uh, you know Arthur Blank of the Atlanta Falcons is going to back the Brinks truck up for him. Yeah. Hunter Henry's going to be a free agent. I think he stays with the Chargers. Yeah. Like, I mean, who's there's really nobody out there, out there for tight yeah. end. And, know. you know, yeah, you can build through the draft. But the biggest complaint that everybody had was there was a lot of youth on this team and Tom Brady shouldn't have to coach people up and, and take people under his under their wing. Like, the defense held up. If they want to bring people in, like, they got to clean the cap. Uh, defense, they gotta... defense held up for half a year. Uh, we saw the second half of the year right. how they were. Right, and we, you know, they, yeah. they had a soft schedule. Yeah. It is what it yeah. is. But, I mean, this defense, even 
toward the back end of the year was a top 10 unit. Like, the, the one big knock on them was they couldn't stop the rush either. Yeah. Like, if you're going to bring people in, some people got to go. Yeah. Like, you have to – $45 million in cap space is not going to get a whole lot done. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, honestly, if I had to rank things right now, and I've, I've been saying this for a bit, is I think Brady goes somewhere else, retires – or he comes back to New England. Well, Brandon, you just picked all sides of the argument there. Just no, just I'm ranking. Hit. I'm ranking them. He plays somewhere else. That would be my top priority. What do you think? Which, which team? Off the top of your head, Chargers. They have they have decent cap space. Even if uh, Hunter Henry walks, you have Keenan Allen under contract next year. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Uh, you have Mike Williams. He finally started coming along. Had a little bit of a breakout year. Uh, he had a couple of injuries coming out of Clemson, and then last year was kind of a lackluster. But he's a big body target in the end zone, can separate, can do the high point of the ball. And, you know, competent running backs, even if uh, Melvin Gordon doesn't come back, you have Austin Eckler. He was one of the top running backs in the league this year. And Justin Jackson's no slouch either. That's a well balanced team, a decent defense when everybody's healthy. Yeah. Derwin James was knocked I mean, out for got most Joey of the year. Joey Bosa, who's like just a Nick Bosa Joey part Bosa, two out there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Ingram on the line as well, too. That's yeah. a well balanced yeah. roster. You have to put people in the stadium. And let's be honest, like at the end of the once Brady's career is done, he's going to be a mogul. He's going to want ownership of a team. And he's going to want to still put out that TB12 stuff. Why not pedal it down Rodeo Drive? Like, that's the perfect market to do something like that. My next landing spot, it's a pipe dream, but it's Vegas. I would say the Raiders. There's no income tax in the state of Nevada. It's a new stadium. It's Las Vegas. It's a big thing. There's going to be everybody going there. A bunch of celebrities wanting to rub elbows, especially when it's big fight night. You get your picture taken with you know Tom Brady ringside for something. That's a hopping spot as well, too. And say what you want about the Raiders. They surprise people. I think they were a little bit ahead of schedule. They have a decent wide receiver core, a great, phenomenal tight end. I think he's going to do something. He's going to be special in the years to come. And Darren Waller well, and Hunter Renfro could be his, you know, his, his poor man's his, version of Edelman. Yeah, right. Like, I was thinking about that, that. Yeah, that could be that yeah. could be a fun, fun offense to run. And the defense is, you know, you got Max, uh, Max Crosby and company like that. They, they, they were surprising people at times. And then the next thing. We all saw it in the Super Bowl, the lack of faith that Kyle Shanahan, he finally put an exclamation point on it. And even after the post-game press conference where he's like, yeah, I got to look at the tape, but uh, I thought Jimmy G did okay. You can cut Jimmy Garoppolo and not take a huge cap hit. And Tom Brady's a San Francisco guy. Grew up as a 49er fan. That's your question. In that situation Sunday night, 224 left. You're down by four points. You got the ball at the 49ers. If Brady's a quarterback for the 49ers, what happens? He probably puts Emmanuel Sanders they want going for the touchdown. Could you imagine? I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be. Listen, I don't have a problem with Jimmy Garoppolo that much, but anybody that says Tom Brady's in there and you get the same result is a liar, or they haven't watched the football game. Brandon, could you imagine him on that team? On that 49 team? And the only person Oof. that's a free agent Oof. on the offensive side of the ball is Emmanuel Sanders. Oof, that team, that team could be 15 and 1, dare I say undefeated, but 15 1, 14 2 definitely, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. That's a great team right so, there. So, and he's he's a Bay Area kid. Yeah. He grew up in the Bay Area. So, so I yeah, I mean, listen, you, you you pointed it out. All great landing spots, man. Uh, the Chargers. Could you imagine him in the fucking silver and black, though? I saw some mock-ups of Brady and I'm like, that kind of looks cool. But dope. for me, I think 
listen, a lot can change from here on until the draft. A lot can change from here on until the free agency. A lot can happen from here on until the start of the regular season. But until I see it, I think he's going back to the Patriots. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. Sure, I will. You know what I'm saying? But for now, the way I'm seeing it, he's going back to the Patriots. And it's unfortunate because, like you just mentioned, you laid it out very well, there's not many options for Patriots. They they put themselves in such a pigeonhole bad situation that I think, unfortunately, Brady's career is going to be written out just like the last two years. He's going to go to the back of the Patriots. He's going to, unfortunately, win 11, 12 games a year, be balanced out in the first two years in the playoffs. He'll have two more years of that, and he'll be gone. You right. know what I'm saying? And, like, at some point, you know, the front office, a la Bill Belichick, has to plan for life without Brady. So, like, let's say, let's say, I've, I've, I've seen some mock drafts that depend, pre-senior bowl, they had, you know, Jordan Love falling down to, you know, the, the end of the first round yeah. where the, the Pats are. Yeah. And I, I honestly like Jordan Love. You know, he... He had a he had a great junior year, I believe, at Utah State last season. Lackluster at best. He, yeah. the, the Utah State kind of fell apart after the LSU game when yep. they got smoked out. But I mean, the arm talent is there. He can move. He's a big guy. He's got decent amount of speed. And you know, we see it with Lamar. And we see it with Mahomes. Like the and you say you said it yourself yep. that the quarterback yep. position is changing. So let's yep. say they take a quarterback in the first round, which I don't think they've ever done, yep. short of Bledsoe. But let's say they do that. Does Tom Brady really want to feel like a, a bridge quarterback for two years yeah, go, go at point. best? Go like, point. the yeah. guy wants to win. He doesn't want to yeah. – like, you know, we all saw what happened with the Bengals with Andy Dalton. Yeah. Andy Dalton's a, a serviceable quarterback. He's just on a shitty Cincinnati Bengals team. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be that guy. Yeah. Listen, I, it could happen. Um, but, like, like I said, I, I'll believe when I see it. Now – the one thing that does concern me is um, just how bad that offensive line is. I think a lot of the problems can be fixed. A lot of the problems with the, with the receiving core can be fixed if the offensive line wasn't so goddamn bad. Yeah, I've seen Brady win with less. I was watching his highlights from a couple of years ago against the, uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles, and all yes, he had Gronk, but besides that, it was just Edelman and like Amendola and fucking Chris Hogan, mm-hmm. a bunch of guys you throw in there, and it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But the offensive line gave him time. That's the biggest issue that people need to understand. It doesn't matter who your tight end is. It doesn't matter who your wide receiver is. You could have you know Tony Gonzalez, Gronk, Randy Moss, Jerry Rice as your as your core group of uh, weapons. If you cannot. Was that Marcus get Cannon? The, if if Marcus Cannon's anchoring if you your can't offensive get the line, ball out to them. If you have 1.7 seconds to throw the ball, you get you get nothing done. You mm-hmm. get nothing done, and that's the biggest issue with this team this year. It held them back, and I have even bigger concerns because Dante Scarnecchia retired again. Mm-hmm. That's big. Yep. Under underlying big issue right there. Yep. That's why I was. That's why I ranked it number one playing somewhere else. Number two, I think he. You know, he would retire. I think he would retire. If he doesn't want to play anywhere else and he doesn't want to be a bridge quarterback, he would retire. And, you know, he got a sweet real estate deal for his TB12 facility in New England. He'd probably be part owner of of the New England Patriots at some point. And then he would come back. Number three of my least likely scenario is he comes back to New England. But the other storyline I'm watching this year on the other end of, you know, legendary elite quarterbacks is Drew Brees. Because he's, he's very free, quiet, right? He's a free agent, yeah. And he he did come out and say it's it's New Orleans or, or retirement. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not going anywhere else. But 
I don't know, like the the Pro Bowl this year to me felt like the 2001 MLB All-Star Game where it was Cal Ripken Jr.'s last year. He got voted to the All-Star Game, but he got voted as a starter, I believe, at third base. And at the time, Alex Rodriguez, one was dope to the gills, and he was on the Texas Rangers, and he was starting at shortstop. And he gave up his starting position at shortstop so Cal Ripken Jr. could finish his last All-Star game at his natural position. And I think he actually set a record for playing 15 All-Star games or had 15 appearances as a shortstop uh, in the MLB All-Star game. Now, I'm looping that to this year because the starters for the NFC, it was Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. And Wilson seeded his spot so Drew Brees could start. And listen... Wilson's a great guy, but he's also a competitor, no matter whether it's glorified two-hand touch football with pads or if it's a Super Bowl, like he's going to want to start. And I just, it just felt to me yep. that this was kind of like, if it was, if he retired, I wouldn't be shocked. Yep. Um, you can tell, you can tell the body language watching that Pro Bowl. You look at Drew Brees and you're like, what's he doing at a Pro Bowl? Yeah. Like he's so old, like there's no point of going out there and trying to do this. Right. But you can tell he wanted to just soak in that one more time. Right. He wanted to be around the guys. He wanted right. to experience that one more time. You know right. what I'm saying? And I can see the writing on the wall. I sure I would not be shocked if he retires this year. I would right. not be. Because and everything he's said so far and everything he's done so far makes it seem like he's kind of the writing the on the wall. the reports have been picking up that a couple of media outlets have been kicking the tires on possibly putting him on TV. Yeah. And I can think of one spot that would really love Monday somebody. Night Football! Monday Night Football, because anything is better than Booger McFarland. You don't like the Booger Mobile? No, I don't know. Well, thank God I'd have to see the Booger Mobile. Now, you see, Brandon, or you see viewers, when people say game of inches, it, it's a term used to let you know that this game is very God. close and, and you know very what competitive. The, f- the fucked up thing is, it's like people buried, buried Jason Witten. Yeah. And J- you know what? Jason Witten never got a fair shake because he could never get a word in edgewise <laughs> with Booger. And who's the other guy? Tessator. Tessator. He's an Joke test. He's an they don't let They don't let yeah. it breathe. They don't yeah. let it breathe. I, I think if we had to rank them, real side subject, I think if we were to rank all the big time guys, for me it would go uh, NBC guys first. Uh, second would be the uh, CBS guys. I love the CBS guys. Third guy, third would be the Fox guys. But CBS and Fox guys, for me, they're both the same. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth is definitely the fucking ESPN guys. No, it's, they're it's, pretty bad. It's 50 feet of crap. Yep. It's it's every network's B team. Mm-hmm. And then it's Monday Night Football. Yep. yep. I'll, give That's, that, yeah. I'll take a CBS B team. That's a good B team, man. You know? <laughs> I love, I love uh, what is it? Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle's and good. Dan Fouts, and then yeah. who's, the, um, who's the other cat? He was the one that was during the... Was it Don Fouts? Uh, Dan Fouts and who's the other lead the lead guy he was the one Chris Myers in week 17 it was on CBS when he was calling the Chiefs oh yes Chargers yes, game, yes, yes. He's doing and he was games. giving updates he's like I'm calling both games was it Marv Marv uh... oh, no he does Westwood one Dan Dan Harlan Dan yeah, I, I ain't talking about Dan something about yeah. you could hit us he's up calling on both Twitter. games yeah he was, he was he was fucking great. funny yeah, I love that guy and the last thing I'm going to say about Breeze is he was on PFT, uh, and he was quoted as saying, if I'm back and Taysom's alongside me, call the plays that puts us in the best position to win. If that means Taysom Hill's taking 30 snaps in a game, 20 sa- 25 snaps in a game, I'm all for that. Yeah. If if Taysom Hill's on the field for 30 snaps, yep, that's somebody's a sitting down, that's and a it's, disaster. Not, it's not Kamara. If, if that happens, that's a fucking disaster because the old adage of you, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. Yep. It's true. That's a fact. And then the last thing I'm gonna watch, and I started thinking Draft Night. I'm gonna it's draft night and it's Joe Burrow. Yeah. And everybody's been saying, everybody's been saying, rightfully so, 
that Joe Burrow is going to be be seen in uh, you know some tiger stripes. Going to be playing in Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals. Going to be getting some skyline chili out in the natty. Dude, do you know what that is? Oh yeah, I know Have what you that had is. Some? Yeah, I haven't had some, but I know oh, about dude, it. Oh, dude, that's a staple in Ohio, I bro. Know, I know about the skyline, bro. Don't don't <sighs> sleep on me, man. Damn. But yeah, I think up. I think if you ever had some skyline chili, you would love it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. You got some coney dogs, some cheese on, some skyline chili. Oh, dude, yep. it's so good. Yep. It's so good. Go out there, get some Skyline Chili, check out a Reds game. But the last couple of weeks, and mainly last week, uh, Carson Palmer was interviewed, and he he had a, a pretty telling comment, and you mentioned this about the Cincinnati Bengals. And Very one, cheap. They're cheap. Very and cheap. two, uh, I'm going to paraphrase here, Carson Palmer said that the organization's not about winning Super Bowls. It's not. They're not. It's not about winning Super Bowls at all. And... Leading up to the Heisman Trophy and you know winning the national championship game, Joe Burrow is quoted as saying, "You know, I just want to go. I'll, I'll play wherever a, per, a team wants to play me. I just want to play football." And then you have that comment from Carson Palmer, and he kind of turns around and walks it back a little bit and says, "Well, you know, I want to go to a place where they're about winning championships." Yeah. And it's funny that he turned that around because his quarterback slash draft preparation coach is is Jordan Palmer, Carson mm-hmm. Palmer's brother. Yep. So yep. I think in my in my scenario for the draft, leading up to the draft, we're going to start hearing rumblings that if the Bengals draft him, he's not showing up. Yeah. It's going to be John Elway, Eli Manning draft night. You can draft me, but I'll never play it down for you. And somebody's going to be willing to pay the price to trade either the draft rights outright or just move up and take him first overall. And I hope to God it's not Listen, the Dolphins. For, for his sake, for his sake, he's smart if he does this. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You're not going anywhere. Even Miami. Even Miami is a much better option. Now, if Miami does that, that's really stupid on them. If no, Miami sure. does you that. You mortgage all your draft picks. Oh, my God. If Miami does that, then you can really look at them. Because I know you're very high on them. All right, there's a plan now. If they did that, if then they you're fucking stupid for winning all those games there with for no how reason. Many, with how many holes that they have. And they traded their their best offensive lineman for draft picks. And you mortgage it for a quarterback. You still have 19 holes to fill. Xavier Howard got arrested for uh, domestic violence. The 911 tape was released today. And he has a court date on Thursday. He's probably not going to be back. You have no secondary if he doesn't come back. And you have no offensive line. There's no way. No, I want... Well, mm -hmm. back to the point here. Uh, I, for Joe Burrow's sake... He would be right to do if he if he did that he'd be right in my mind he mm-hmm. needs to go somewhere where they're about winning because he I think is too good of a quarterback to dwindle away for the next twelve years in in Cincinnati right. and play for the cheapest owner of the NFL. Here's he gonna right? throw to Joe Mixon on checkdowns and and John Ross right and, and a, a go route. Unfortunately, I don't see him being that person. There's a certain selfishness you gotta have, a certain with Elway and a certain arrogance that the Mannings have, like to pull this shit off. He's from the area. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's he grew up watching the Bengals. He grew up in Southern Ohio rooting for Ohio football, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So I think for him, it's deeply connected into his uh, fabric of who he is. And I think that's gonna win out. Now Obviously, we all know he'll be much better and somewhere else. If he goes to Miami, if he goes to whoever else wants to trade up and get him, he'll be much better he off. He goes to Washington. But unfortunately, that home, home like you know vibe there, just growing up down in that area and watching the Bengals for all those years, I think that's gonna win out. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's gonna be fun for draft night. Yeah, it's gonna be great for draft It'll be night. Be on cardiac man. arrest for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Draft night's always fun. It's awesome. Shit always happens. Yep. Um, cool. Well, that is basically all I have, brother man. 
Do you have anything else? It's gonna be a gonna be a quiet couple of weeks, man. Yeah. So I think going forward, so you guys won't hear from us for a good three four weeks. We're gonna go on hiatus. We've had a long, grueling season of the podcast. Yep. Yes, we have. <laughs> we're going to go back to the laid-back, chill podcast. The schedule's going to change up a little bit. We're going to go record. We're going to record on Saturday nights and probably upload Monday mornings. We'll figure that out. We'll give you guys more information via our um, social media pages. But the next time you'll hear from us is probably going to be, I would say, sometime around the Combine time. Yep. Uh, we'll probably do a post-Combine uh, podcast, just see who looked good, see who didn't look good. Um, and then before I, before I go, I do want to give a little quick shout-out to my boy Mikey P., uh, hopefully he is okay, alive and well. I know he didn't show up to work after. Every time! I know he didn't show up to work yesterday after the Super Bowl. Well, hopefully Monday, he's okay. Monday's after the Super Bowl's bullshit. Right, it should be a right. national holiday. <laughs> I didn't get to check up on him today, but hopefully he's okay. But you're all right. I do think that um, it should be a national holiday after the Super Bowl. You should not be able to go into work, man. Day after the Super Bowl. Well, and, did you hear? They'll be opening day, national holidays. Did you hear that? All the schools in Kansas City. Were let out on Monday. I'm not surprised. There's yeah. probably not going to be anybody in school tomorrow because <laughs> victory parade. Yep, so, yep. so that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's it for me, man. You got you sure you got the because once I plug, once you plug, once I plug, that's it. Once you plug, I just have one more comment and I'm good to go. Well, here we here we go here we go. Well, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. This episode and previous ones you can go back and listen to, download, like, subscribe on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Like I said, download, like, subscribe, share, tell everybody. This is a great episode. I think, honestly, in my opinion, I think this is probably one of our better episodes that we've done. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm a big fan. You know what it was? It was a lot of back and forth. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot of like not pre. I think we got so focused on getting our notes down and getting all that shit out that we didn't have the dialogue. The I think that's the one thing we got to work on this off season is we got to have a better dialogue, a better like debate kind of podcast. Because for a while there, I'm just trying to spew off podcast notes. Yeah, I'm just yeah, trying to get yeah. shit out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, no, this is one of my favorites. Typically don't download and listen, but I'm definitely going to download and listen to this episode this week. So, like I said, find us on social media. We'll be active on there during our little hiatus period, and I'll turn the floor over to Jay for the final word. All I got to say is uh, hashtag Mamba for life, man. Mamba for life. Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, brother, man. Yep. That's all I got. Otherwise, hang on a sec. Freddy Soliotis, you're fired! Always good, always good. Hashtag mama forever. And via Condillos.